Um, next question is, in private practice, if we meet a patient with difficult special care requirements, um, for example, disability or significantly medically compromised patients, what are the pathways for referral and are they different in different states in Australia? Mm, yeah, so it is different in different states. So um, I'll focus on South Australia. So people who have a healthcare card can be referred to the special needs unit. And if they don't have a healthcare card, they can be referred to in private to health partners to either of the special needs dentistry specialists that work there. So Sharon Liberali um, and Ken Yo. And there's also a general dentist who works in the special needs unit and has a lot of experience looking after special needs patients, Wan Ha, who also works at health partners. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. okay. Awesome. Sorry, I think my um, screen just went really weird there. Okay, that's good. Awesome. Okay, Delene, do you want to Yeah. And um, talking about other states, like in other states or places in the world where special needs dentistry isn't like probably as developed or recognised, um, what do you think are some ways that we can go about working in this field or just developing the field? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, yeah, and... And it's a question I get asked a lot. So, like, you'll, you'll actually see my answer to this, like, if you go on my <laughs> social media advocacy pages and my website, I talk about in order to achieve my mission of equal access to oral health care for every person, there's, like, three primary pillars that I'm working on. So the first one is raising public awareness of the importance of oral health care. Then secondly, educating and empowering caregivers and dentists and then thirdly advocating for solutions and governmental policy so i would say that any dentist can take action on these three steps as well there's a huge amount of power in conversations like learn more about special needs dentistry and then it's as simple as just sharing it with others like speak to other dentists about it, speak to your patients about it, speak to your family members, to your friends, um, just to spread the word and spread that awareness. Um, you know, in terms of the third pillar, which is advocating for solutions and governmental policy, like if you see public consultations for various things come out, you know, put a submission in and raise oral health care as a really important part of that. And, um you know, people that have been following my work will be able to see that I've been working on these three pillars throughout last year, this year, and will be for many years beyond. Um, so, you know, a simple way, if you don't want to do the actual lead work, is you can just help me by liking and sharing my advocacy pages and posts. That's a really easy way to disseminate that information. Um, and then, of course, if anyone is interested in working in the special needs industry field, just reach out to a specialist or someone that you know has a special interest in special needs um, and have a conversation about how you might be able to pursue that in your particular state or country. Yeah, amazing. Okay. So we'll get to, hopefully by the end, we'll get to sharing all your um, social media platforms and your website as well. Um, but next question is a bit of a silly one. So if you could describe yourself as one instrument or bird, which one would it be and why? See, this is a hard question. <laughs> um, like, um, Harder than all the previous ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I've done a lot of interviews on my advocacy work and stuff, so I kind of, 
you know, <laughs> you're used to answering the others, but this, <laughs> this is the first, this is the first interview that I can ask. <laughs> um, like probably, okay. So like along the theme of like what I've talked about already, you know, like my main advice was about exploring issues with patients, right? So maybe like the explorer, given that, yeah, I like to explore and get as much information as possible and you know explorer kind of helps you look at the finer details um, on the teeth with the extra textual information <clears throat> and also like the fact that the explorer is like a mandatory thing in your you know standard kit like you need that for every single appointment that you do so yeah that again exploring my patients' um, background and their needs and their wants is some is a tool that I use in every single consultation. So yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I never thought of the <laughs> I never thought of the explorer like that. <laughs> it's a really um new perspective. Yeah, well, I think like I make that connection because when I'm desensitizing my patients with autism and things like that, um, a lot of them will find it a little bit scary because it looks like a point. And so I always just, when I talk about it being an explorer, I then relate it to a patient who really loves Dora the Explorer. <laughs> and I just say like, oh, this is like Dora the Explorer's tool, you know, that we use. It's called an explorer. So <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's, that's how I come up with that connection. <laughs> There's a lot of creativity involved um, yeah. in special needs industry. It's about thinking outside the box. <laughs> yeah, well, as we've um, heard from your very lengthy list of achievements, you've accomplished um, quite a bit already, but what exactly um, motivates you to achieve all these goals? Oh, um, yeah, okay. So this is, again, this is an easy question to answer. So, um, yeah, I would say it always comes back to knowing really clearly what my why is, you know, my reason for doing what I'm doing. And that is always about, helping my patients. So whenever I, you know, whenever things get tough, I know that I can pers persist through because I'm thinking about why I'm doing what I'm doing. And also, you know, because my vision is something that's so much bigger than just myself, that's something else that really helps propel me forward. Um, and I mentioned earlier about how one of my driving values is to make the biggest dent in my part of the universe as I can. So, again, that's something that really helps keep me focused on taking action because it makes me focus on the people that I'm helping. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and it's like this is this touches on something else, like, um, is that I really believe in the power of, like, mindset and the power of your thoughts. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll bring it, I have, like, a dental analogy now. <laughs> so, similarly to how, like, we perform dental hygiene regularly to help prevent buildup of calculus that kind of gets in the way of, you know, optimal oral health and things like that. I like perform regular thought hygiene, like to clean up all the thoughts that don't serve me and hold me back from achieving my goals. So I regularly kind of clean out those thoughts that kind of like get in the way of me being able to achieve what I want to achieve. So I actually do a lot of, well, you've heard already, I do a lot of reflection and journaling and just thinking about how I can make things better and become a better clinician. So I would say that that definitely is one of the keys to how I can keep, yeah, keep that motivation up and keep moving forward. Yeah. Right. 
and that would also help like with the I guess the emotional aspect of special needs dentistry yeah. just like, unload and kind of like think about what has happened and, and how to how to move yeah. forward. And then as my patients do, mm. try to make meaning out of it. So, you know, I think that even these uncomfortable emotions and these um, uh, not things that people label as negative, I don't think there's such thing as a negative emotion. I think that there are uncomfortable emotions and comfortable emotions, but every emotion serves a purpose. So if you're in pain, you know, what can you turn that pain into? You know, you can turn the emotional pain and the suffering that you see your patients going through into something that then motivates you to make a bigger difference or help to reduce pain for someone else. You know, so that's that's really like um, something that I try to do in my you know thought hygiene and in my reflection and my journaling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Okay, so the next question is kind of related so like as many of us come to realize um dentistry can be a really stressful job sometimes Mm -hmm. so how do you unwind and make sure that your mental health is okay yeah that really relates so well to what i just mentioned about the thought hygiene um because yeah like just observing how my brain thinks and interprets like a situation, like, you know, a work day or something is like a really key strategy that really helps me with this. Um, So, yeah, for example, I'll give you an example. Um, A belief that I consciously embody whenever I go into clinic is I, before I step through the door, I go, there is no such thing as a difficult patient. Every patient of mine is perfect every patient is an opportunity for me to grow into a better clinician. And, you know, that day you can see that I've kind of memorised that because that's become like a mantra that like before I step through that clinic door, that's what I repeat to myself. And the days that I show up in clinic with that mindset, it doesn't matter what that day brings. I go home knowing that I've shown up as the best version of myself that I could. So that I would say is one of those things that helps keep me going through some of the tough days um, <clears throat> and helps me to, yeah, make sure that the stress doesn't get the best of me. Um, I would say that keeping a gratitude journal has really helped me as well, like keeping things in perspective. Um, and also I've mentioned before about um, support networks, like that is so important. Um, I can only do what I do because of the support of those around me um, and making sure that I carve out time, <laughs> like really carve it out and set it aside for my own personal hobbies and like personal goals and things like that, um, you know, to unwind and de-stress because like, and many of mine are things that, are good for my general well-being as well. So a lot of my unwinding activities are actually about exercise and getting out into nature. So you're kind of like killing two birds with one stone. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I like to get maximum value. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'm exercising. This is my hobby and it's my, um, you know, daily exercise, which I need to do for my health. <laughs> yeah, I find like. Recently, I've gone more into journaling. I feel like it's easier for me to detach from my, like, um, my thoughts when it's, like, written down. And yeah. then I can, it's almost like a letter to someone else. So, it's not like yeah. me talking to myself. It's and then I can put it into from that situation. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a lot of power in that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really common for dentists to kind of like power through their work and kind of forget about themselves. But I think we kind of like have to remember that we can't really treat patients to the fullest of our ability if we don't take care of ourselves first. So. Yeah, and that's something that I need reminding on a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have to look after yourself so that you can look after your patients. so So you've already accomplished so much and have already helped so many people but um we're curious so what is next for dr (laughs) pretty lynn yeah it's funny a lot of people ask this question (laughs) (laughs) um well they're right like i have a lot of plans of what i want to do next (laughs) um we'll just start with i will like continue i mentioned the three pillars earlier i'll continue to work on each of those pillars so you know continuing to raise that public awareness about oral health care through my advocacy pages through i've been doing a lot of public speaking um to help um raise that awareness and do that advocacy in that way um and i've also been working on that third pillar um even though I haven't really been making it publicly known, um, I've been working pretty hard in the background at advocating at that governmental level for solutions. Um, and hopefully we'll get to see the fruits of that labour manifest very soon. Um, so I would say, yeah, I've done a lot of work on the first and the third pillar. Um, so the next pillar in terms of what's next, um, I'd like to devote a lot of attention to that second pillar, which is the education and empowering caregivers and dentists. Um, Well, this podcast is kind of one of those things, Um, but I actually really want this to be an important focus for me in the future because as we've already touched on, like there's, there's no way that so few specialists can meet the needs of all the people that require special needs dentistry in the entire country. So, I see that there is a real need for us to start supporting general dentists so that we can reach more people. And, you know, this is this goes back to um, I've been a leadership coach in the past and um, one of the reasons I ended up taking on that leading clinicians um, program was because I, I was starting to see that I was being limited in the number of people, people I can help, like I was reaching a ceiling because being a one-on-one clinician, I'm capped to only being able to see a certain number of patients a day because there's only a certain number of working hours and a certain number of people that I can squeeze in to one working day. Um, And what I found from that experience of leadership coaching was that I saw how if I spend one hour of my time helping coach like another clinician who leads a whole team of other people and each one of those people, one of those dentists sees 20 patients a day, that's a really good way for me to kind of expand the impact that I can make. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> so I saw how when I coached one person, then that had a positive flow and effect to so many other people. And so, and, you know, I talked about how one of my driving principles is that I want to make the biggest dent on the universe I can. So it's all about extending that reach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think like, what's next for me is that I'd really love to kind of look into that, like look into how I can bring oral healthcare professionals together and coach them, you know, on things that are really important, like passion, mindset, resilience, you know, stuff that we've been talking about today. Um, Because the more people that I can reach, the closer that we can get to that vision of an inclusive society where every person can access oral healthcare. 
So, so yeah, like I guess I watch that space. I don't know what it's going to look like yet, but it's certainly something that um, I'd like to look at working That's on so in the future. Exciting. Mm. that's so exciting because yeah Delina and I will hopefully be in that like generation and we'll see how this all this all plays out and yeah it's so exciting to be able to be a part of this and to be like oh just like a student at the LA Dental School and like have such a <laughs> great like really close like you guys are just like one level above us in the special needs unit so that's, yeah. that's amazing yeah that's yeah awesome. Okay, so this ties kind of um, into what I just mentioned, but um, so special needs dentistry is a relatively new specialty field. It's only been around for around 15 years. So where do you see the next 15 years um, go to for special Yeah, that's another really good question. Um, And that's something I've been thinking a lot on because, you know, as you mentioned at the beginning, I'm president-elect of the Specialist Academy. So all of our meetings and all of our planning um, is about, you know, the future where the specialty is going. So, you know, my answer really ties into equipping and supporting general dentists as being a priority because, yeah, we talked about how the need is too great. We need special needs dentistry to be practised by all dentists, not by just a specific subset because the need is just too great. Mm-hmm. Um So I think that focusing on integrating special needs dentistry and the undergraduate curriculum, which is starting to come into play now with Sharon giving lectures to the undergrads, that's really critical. Um, And then also beyond that, after dental school, developing these networks of upskilled clinicians who have these special interests in special needs dentistry so that special needs dentistry can be provided by the entire profession. And then this links back together with my case mix tool project, because then we'll be able to identify the most complex patients that need specialist level care so that we can appropriately refer them. Um, And I do hope to see in 15 years time that our specialty numbers grow as well, because there will always be that certain subset of patients that are really complex and need the skills of a specialist. Yeah, so there's a there's a lot of work ahead of us, but I'm optimistic. And with all the other specialists um, that work across the country towards the same goal, they're all really amazing individuals. And um, yeah, we're all working towards the same goal. And I think that the the future of the specialty is in good hands. Yeah, so um, a lot of our listeners are actually um, undergraduate dental and oral health students. So I'm sure many of them, um, including myself, now that I've had this talk with you, um, would want to know um, how can undergraduate dental and oral health students make sure that they have the confidence and the skills to treat patients with special needs or disabilities or chronic medical diseases? And are there any particular resources that you would actually recommend for this? Yeah, so... well first resource I would say reach out to a specialist for advice like we're a pretty friendly bunch (laughs) and really happy to help Um, and yeah especially if you're in the dental school building um, just go upstairs (laughs) come and find one of us Um, but yeah if you work in Adelaide you have the benefit of being able to call the special needs unit and get advice from a specialist whether you work in private or public Um, and for public, oh, for like special needs dentistry, like like events, because you're asking about resources. Um, 
like you can join certain associations. So I might give you the links to those. There's one called ASCID or the IADH, which is the International Association for Disability and Oral Health. So those are really good places to go if you want to do further academic learning. Um, but yeah, I would say in the first instance, talk to a specialist because I think that conversation and being able to run cases by them is the best way that you can build up your confidence and your skills. Yeah, oh, that's so good. Yeah, like just being able to have access and like, uh, like, yeah, I'm just, there's, oh, there's so much that's like <laughs> at our disposal and it's really exciting. And I'm, yeah, looking really forward to um, sharing all this knowledge with everyone, all of our listeners as well. Right Evans Partners, the dental, accounting and finance specialists. Our people are here to assist you in every step of your career. Whether you're a student, dentist or business owner, we have the tools and the experience to see you succeed. Our dental graduate program provides you with a complimentary tax return or business activity statement and a financial health check to help you kickstart your career. Contact us today via our website, Facebook and Instagram or on 8208 4777 to start planning your financial future. Web with you every step of the way. So our last, well, second to last question is, what advice do you have for undergraduate students interested in special needs dentistry? Um, oh, well, I've mentioned this earlier, but yeah, I think the best way to, to foster that, um, <clears throat> you know, that interest that you have is to connect with a specialist. Like, you know, talk to them about your interests. Ask them about why they started special their, their path on special needs dentistry. Um, ask for opportunities to shadow them or just discuss cases with them. Um, yeah, and attend CPD events or join a special needs dentistry association um, just to get more exposure to it because the more you're exposed to it, yeah. that kind of helps you then figure out whether it is for you or not. Um, but, you know, what I would add to that is that you don't necessarily need to be set on specialising in the area to then still pursue special needs dentistry. You know, specialising isn't for everyone and, you know, it might not be feasible because of time or financial commitments, but what I would really encourage every dentist and dental student to do is to be open to looking after any person that makes it to your dental chair because when you do this, your impact extends far beyond the oral cavity to actually helping to create an inclusive society where every person can access oral health care. Because if every dentist in Australia had their door open to people whose needs might be a little bit different, that would go a long way in helping to create equal access to oral health care for every person. Mm. And that's something every person deserves. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, like, even, like, the small things, like, just making sure that, like, um physically like the doors like they can there's easy yeah. for, for des like designing it like a dental facility as well and dental clinic like all the things like i i don't even think about as like someone who's very able-bodied um but yeah like yeah there's, there's just so much to consider yeah that's so true and that really that like ties us back to the universal um universally accessible facility that i um, constructed mm -hmm. because that just came back to like there's all these physical barriers that we as able-bodied people 
um, don't have to worry about. And that's the thing. That's like, that's how privilege works. Mm. It's invisible to those that have it. Mm. So, you know, it's a luxury for me to not have to think about how I'm going to get to my dentist or be able to go out and have a meal at a restaurant or even to go to a friend's house, mm. um, you know, and then worry about whether I can access their toilet. You know, that's something that I don't have to ever worry about. But those are the types of challenges that people with physical impairments have to face every day. Yeah. So, yeah, being open to thinking about putting yourself in the position of the patients and try to understand things from their point of view and then trying to break down those barriers in the ways you can, that that if every person, every dentist did that, just, you know, that it would just make such a big difference to people with disability and people who have these other issues that kind of make it hard for them to see a dentist. Mm, yeah. Okay. So I guess we're wrapping up the podcast now. So are there any final, um, oh, sorry, Delina, I just stole your question. Did you want to say? Do you, do you want to continue? <laughs> okay, I'll just continue. So is there, are there any final words of wisdom you'd like to share with us, Dr. Lynn? Um, well, I guess like, because I really, I'm really passionate about this and I really believe in this a lot. So I guess I'll, I'll expand on what we talked about with the power of thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there's no question that dentistry is definitely, it can be very tough. You know, it can be mentally, physically and emotionally draining and demanding. But, you know, at the end of every working day, especially the tough days, I think it's so important to make a habit of thinking of the things that you're grateful for and the things that went well. Because every job has its own challenges and that's the same with dentistry. But the difference is that for us, at the end of every working day, we get to go home at night knowing that as oral healthcare professionals, we've had the privilege of helping someone have a better quality of life with our very own hands. Like, just think about how incredibly special the way that we look after our patients are. Um, and, you know, you can compare to other healthcare professionals as well. Like, as a medical physician, you get to help people get out of pain, but it's indirect through prescribing a medication. We actually have, like, physically healing hands which can take away pain. And so then if you think of a physio, they have, you know, physically healing hands too, but they don't get the satisfaction of getting someone out of pain immediately, whereas for us, we can get someone out of pain like pretty much straight away through doing a root canal and extraction. Mm. And then you think of like medical surgeons, they use their hands to heal too, right? But when they do that, their patients are asleep. Usually they're under general anesthetic. <laughs> we are in this privileged space where we get to foster this deep and special connection and trust with our patients because they're awake when we treat them and we're working in a very intimate space with them. And we've talked about how, you know, I mean, the thing that like I feel is the most rewarding part of my job is fostering that connection with that patient. So not only do we get this hands-on aspect, but we also get to do bigger picture thinking and problem solving as well. Like in medicine, you know, they, it takes a longer time for them to get the diagnosis and then the treatment becomes quite clear-cut and straightforward. In dentistry, it's the opposite. Diagnosis can usually be quite easy, but then the treatment planning is, like, more nuanced and complex. So that makes, 
your approach to caring for every person really different and interesting every time. So, so basically, like I could go on and on explaining and listing all the reasons why dentistry is the perfect career for helping people. But what I want you to take away from this is that you get to decide how rewarding and how satisfying your career as a dentist is. It's all about how you choose to think about it and what you choose to focus on. So choose to believe that you're on this path for a reason and focus on and look at all the reasons that you were meant to be on this path. And if you do, you'll set yourself up to be the best dentist that you can be. I think it's so um, powerful just seeing patients walk through the door and they're a bit struggling and they're in pain. And then, like, you develop this rapport with them, you give them the treatment, and just, like, right away after the appointment, they're just fine, they're smiling. So, like, yeah, I want to be very... Just, we're so lucky, aren't we? You know, as I said, you can choose to focus on all the reasons why dentistry is stressful and challenging, or you can focus on how privileged we are in all those ways I mentioned. But I could go on and on, but this podcast has gone on for me. <laughs> but yeah, just I would say, just remember, you know, you get to decide how rewarding and satisfying your career is by how you choose to think and look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Like dentistry is so flexible and like, like not everyone who um, starts industry, like everyone, once we graduate, is just on their own path. Mm, uh, like, exactly. Yeah. Whether you're a dentist, p- private, public, like whether you specialize or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, it's so flexible. And I didn't realize that when I was going in, but that's mm. what's so great about it. Yeah. I think that's a great note to end on, given that <laughs> for um, students who have their whole career, exciting mm. career to look forward to and ahead of them. Yeah, you can make it what you want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if there's nothing else to add, Dr. Lin. Um, <laughs> I said no. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, um, so we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the owners of the land we are privileged to record the Al Dente podcast on, the Ghana people, the traditional custodians of the land, waterways and skies across Adelaide. We thank them for caring and sh- for sharing and for caring on the land on which we are able to share our experiences. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging, and we share our friendship and our kindness. So thank you so much, um, Dr. Lin, for taking the time out of your very busy day um, to record this um, these podcast episodes for us. You're welcome. Um, and also thank you to Chris for always um, editing our podcast. <laughs> uh, and um, thank you to our listeners. And don't forget to subscribe through Spotify and Apple Music. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, great. Oh, also, um, I guess the last thing I'll add is, um, or you can put it in the show notes, yep. just the links to my advocacy pages if you'd like to yeah, follow along or subscribe and help me with my advocacy journey. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram and also my website name is all under trudysmile.net. Okay. All right. I'll I'll definitely add those in the show notes. Okay.